want you to write down this simple outline. It'll be something I think you can remember, but you, we won't be have time. I'm not going to take time for you to turn to all the uh, verses. I'll, I'll give you the reference. I'll read the verse. And I want to keep it moving a little bit. Now, if you're a um, you know third semester sophomore or a sixth semester junior, I guess that would be only six semesters, maybe six semesters in your junior year, you, you might want to write this down too. Now, this, this could something like this could help you at any time uh, of your life, your ministry. Several of you have this. And so, uh, you, in other words, you've got it down pretty well. Uh, but it would not hurt you to even jot it down for future reference. Uh, it's a simple thought. It's, it's, a, it's a lecture, but it really is designed right now. Right now, if you'll focus in on your classes, most of you have had two to three quizzes. You've had probably a test uh, now. We're heading to one uh, in all your classes. And so academically, um, the reality of college is settling in with you. All right. And for some of you, it didn't start out real well, especially, you know, freshmen, it's new to you, lecture classes, things like that. You, you bombed a couple quizzes, maybe even had a rough test. Um, it, it, you're not, you haven't failed yet. Okay. Unless you just quit. So you haven't failed yet. You, you, but you need to hear this and, and, and take this advice today and, and finish up. And by the way, again, no matter where you're at in your college, uh, it's a good reminder for all of us. Uh, basically, I'm calling it the seven up sermon. Uh, because you'll see why in just a minute. Now, it's not because I'm emphasizing the Uncola. Uh, do they still call it that? You remember that advertisement, the Uncola? Yeah, that used to be their big theme. I don't know why, the Uncola. But, uh, but anyway, 7-Up. So I'm not talking about 7-Up. Uh, I only drink that usually when we were sick. And, um, and you know, that was one of those medicinal uh, type uh, pops. And uh, I don't know why either. That, maybe because it was the Uncola. I don't know. But uh, uh, that was not my drink of choice unless sick. And then we'd get that and, you know, some bananas and rice or something like that. But... Uh, I'm just not in that combination. Uh, <laughs> bananas and Seven Up, on the other hand, they really will, you know, get get your things moving. But anyway, um, but the fact is, I'm not preaching on Seven Up. But you'll see why I called the Seven Up sermon here in just a minute. Uh, let's have a word of prayer, and uh, we're going to get into it. Heavenly Father, we ask your blessing on our time. I really do, Lord, just want this to be a help. And I think it can help uh, several uh, here and uh, just to, to, to get a focus back on, on uh, the college aspect, Lord. And I, I want them to succeed, Lord. We want them to succeed. Uh, Father, the excitement about a conference is to, to have a vision for the ministry and for what you can do in ministries. And, and uh, Lord, I do pray that that would be taken from last week and, and uh, the, the folks that were visiting with us be encouraged and challenged to do more for you. But Lord, as our students, we're, they're training for that. And I pray the Lord, they'd, they, they, they'd catch the vision of the ministry, but realize the importance of today and focus and what you have for them today. And I pray that this would be a help to them in Jesus' name. Amen. Number one in a list of seven, get up. If you're going to succeed in college, you're going to have to develop that schedule, that routine. But it starts at the very beginning of your day. And here's what I want to say is number one, get up. Amen. Now, here's what happens over the summer. You get, you, and even our you know, students that stay over here in the summer, they get, that you get so out of the habit of getting up uh, that, uh, you know, your, your, your wake up time is between 10 and 11 a.m., and, and, and it's just, you know, it, it is, I, Doc, Doc, I've heard him say, you know, I mean, folks that are successful, they just don't understand that kind of thing. I understand occasionally where you've stayed up all night and all that kind of stuff for, you know, a special occasion. But really to make it a habit, if you're going to be successful, you just got to get up. You got to get up. 
uh, take uh, and, and if you want to, you can turn. I won't stop for most of these, but this one's a little longer passage. Proverbs 6, verses 9 through 11. These are ones that you've heard before. How long wilt thou sleep, O sluggard? When wilt thou arise out of thy sleep? Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. Verse 10 is what I call the snooze button verse. Oh, yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands deep, deep to sleep. It's the snooze button verse. But, verse 11 follows it up, so shall thy poverty come as one that traveleth, and thy one is an armed man. What do I mean by all of that? Well, you are robbing yourself of valuable time when you steal just a few extra winks. You're robbing yourself of valuable, usable time when you're just trying to steal that few extra winks. You got to get up. You're going to start successful each and every day. You need to get up. You know, we have mottos in life. Some of you have them posted around. I see them when you're in your rooms. Uh, pray for power, for example. There's a motto a lot of guys will put up and that reminds them to pray. Here's a room motto for you. Don't use the snooze. <laughs> now, I'm selling plaques of that after chapel today. No, the fact is that ought to be the motto. Now, some of you are aiming because your, your roommate is the violator of that. Here's what you do. You just unplug their clock, all right? They play the snooze more than one. Unplug the clock. That's, that's their fault. No. Here's the thing. You've got to learn to get up. Now, some of you, here's where it starts, though. It does start the day before. You've got to go to bed. Yeah. You've got to go to bed. You say, Brother Young, it's hard. It's, I get back and we get back and you've got to unwind a little bit. I understand. I do. I understand some of that. It's not easy to walk in unless you're just absolutely dead tired and you, you know, you're, you need to walk in, drop in your bed and fall asleep. I got it. <clears throat> but you need to learn how to get yourself calmed down quickly so that you can get to sleep. By the way, part of that is not going stocking up somewhere at a spicy food place after you get off work. Come to now, I realize you're, 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 I know an old man's talking to you now, all right? I understand that. And the days of spicy late night isn't happening anymore with me, I can tell you that. But your body, it needs to get calmed down a little bit. And you need to get to rest. You do need your rest, okay? You aren't invincible. You aren't. You've got to get some rest, but you've got to get to sleep. So you need to start, set, you need to find a routine that will help you get settled down after work quicker than what most of you do so you can get to sleep. Why? Because you got to get up. You need to get up. Now, I understand, and, we, and it is practical. You just start getting up at a time to get all the rest of this accomplished, and you will want to get to sleep at night. You will. You will. But you, it, here's the thing. We can't regulate you in that. We can regulate times that you're supposed to be in the dorm. We can regulate times for late lights. We can, we can regulate some things, but you're going to have to regulate yourself to get to sleep so that you'll get up. And by the way, it is a good motto. Don't use the snooze. Just let that alarm be that it. Be it it. Get it up. If that's the time you should get up to get the rest of this accomplished, then get up at that time. Don't be the sluggard about it. Many of you will, and you do regret the fact that you slept in, 
because you start rushing, you don't get these other points done, and all of a sudden your day started off really bad and you're frustrated, and you comfort yourself in the middle of the night with spicy food after work, and, and you start it over again. Now, I, 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 it's as simple as that. This is good it's as simple as this, good practical advice. You've got to get up. And for most of you, that's going to start by you've got to get to bed. Okay, so get to bed. By the way, you, you can learn to live on less sleep than what you think you can, but you're going to have to train yourself to that. You just got to train yourself to that. Everyone's a little different. You say, well, how much sleep should it be? I can't tell you that. I'm not a doctor, and everybody's body's different. Some work effectively on this, some work effectively on that. But I can tell you, you can't, you should be in control of your body. All right, I'm going to come back to that idea when on another point here too. But you can control yourself and you get yourself regulated so you'll get up. You've got to start it by getting up. Some of you, if you have a routine in the morning where you get up, it may be this or that. But don't make it a routine where it's just being lazy and sleeping and again wasting 45, you know, 30 to 45 minutes on a snooze. Just get yourself up when the alarm clock goes off. Then number two, some of this order will change as far as maybe order of which I give to you, but I want to give to you seven things to consider on making it a success in a semester by you doing this in a daily habit. Number two, read up. Read up. Well, what do you mean by that, Brother Young? I'm talking about your Bible. Now, I could combine the next two together. The next third, number three, is pray up. But, but the fact is, and I could combine them in a devotion time, but you, you've got to have that. You've got to have that. Now, let me read to you a verse out of Deuteronomy 17, 18. So many verses we could give about reading your Bible or praying. But I thought this was interesting. Uh, it, it, when, when looking forward to a time when Israel would maybe have a king, here's what they said. In Deuteronomy 17, 18, And it shall be when he sitteth upon the throne of his kingdom that he, the king, shall write him a copy of this law in a book, out of that which is before the priests and Levites. In other words, he was supposed to write the Bible that they had down for himself, because notice this, verse 19, and it shall be with him, his copy that he wrote, and he shall read it therein all the days of his life, that he may learn to fear the Lord his God and keep all the words of his law and these statutes to do them. Someday in the future, if Israel has a king, they were looking forward to that time, and then Moses said, when that happens, the king himself should take a pen and paper and write down word for word the word of God and make it his own. And there he studies it daily so he knows how to lead this nation. There's a few things I wanted to pull out of that and take it, make it personal. When you are number two, read up. Here's what I want you to do. First of all, make it personal. That was his own personal copy. I don't think you have to, I don't think you have to hand copy the Bible. We have it, we have many copies themselves. But that Bible ought to become personal to you. Ought to be special to you. Now I understand if you have a reading Bible and a study Bible, I, I understand. You have, many of you have different copies or you have some Bible that's special to you because it was given by a special person. But what I mean is the Word of God ought to become personal to you. No longer should it be just what we read at family devotions. No longer should it be what we hear in chapel preached. It ought to become where you love this Bible. Yeah. I, I, like, I like a Bible that is for, I've had several over the years just because some would wear out. And I have some of those that have stayed around because, but I, I like a Bible where I'm, I'm using it daily. And I, I, you know, if you turn to a passage or you think about a scripture, I can almost visualize it where it's on the page. You, you, are you there with your Bible? 
Now, now again, you get there by reading it. Make it personal. Number two, make it real. Apply it to you. It's not just a reading assignment. It's not just even a check on my list to read the Bible through, though those are good things. It ought to be real to you. This word of God is written to you. You. I mean, God wants it for you. Not just preacher, not just staff, not just mom and dad. It's, it's your Bible. So make it personable. Start reading it for you and as if it was written to you because guess what it was? And then here's what I'd like to recommend for college. Make it realistic. Now what I mean by that is this. As I'm giving you this advice, don't, don't come back and say, oh, I know it, and I'm going to read 25 chapters a day. Well, you, you don't have enough time to read 25 chapters a day before you get off to class unless you get up really, really, really early. Now, you do need to get up, but I would like for you to suggest that you can't go from nothing to 25 chapters a day and keep that up consistently. Yeah. If you do that up for a week, that, that I would be shocked. Yeah. But you won't keep it long. You, know what you, do? you just need to start reading the Bible. Uh, I, 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 I'm one that believes that uh, you can't live on, um, oh, um, you know, uh, a 365-day uh, devotional for the rest of your spiritual life, but that's not a bad place to start. And some of you just need a place to start. Uh, you, you, you can't, uh, if you're going to pastor a church, you're going to have to get a little bit more out of uh, uh, than, uh, you know, Brother uh, Davis's vision book. Okay, if that, if that is where you get your messages from, then, then you, you, you need to spend a little more time in the Bible. But can I tell you, with your schedule and what all that you have to accomplish, don't try to listen to what someone can do in my time of life or Doc's time of life or Brother Fisher's time of life and try to emulate that. Find out what you can do to get a hold of that Bible, to make it personal, to make it real, and that you're reading it daily without trying to be unrealistic in your anticipation of that. You hear guys preaching, they talk about their Bible time, their Bible study. Well, look, you know what? My best Bible study isn't in the morning. I, I, I have much better Bible study if I'm preparing for a mess message or a lesson, usually in the afternoon. But you know what you're doing in the afternoon? You're working. You know what I'm doing in the afternoon? Sipping tea and kicking my feet. No, no. You know what I'm doing? But I have, my work is that, so I can spend more time at that time. But you couldn't. So don't try to find what you've, you, well, my preacher, he does two hours of Bible study. I know, but your pre preacher is getting paid for that, if I could put it that way. But you don't have that luxury right now. So don't give up on it. No, make it personal, make it real, but also make it realistic. The same thing goes with number three, pray up. By the way, you do have to read up. You have to make this part of your Bible. If you go through Bible college and don't develop a relationship with the Bible, we failed you yeah. and you failed yourself. Yeah. But you also need a prayer life, don't you? Now, could I almost reiterate the same thing? Make it personal. I mean, you're talking to God. He's, he, he's real. He loves you. He knows you. So you might as well make it personal. Make it real. I mean, real requests, not just the generic things that you pray, you know, pray for all the missionaries when you're a kid, you know. Well, pray for something specific about them. Find out specific prayer requests that you need. I mean, offer those up. Pray for specific needs that people have. But can I also say, make it realistic? Now, I was in Bible college and you'd hear one guy, and I, I know you've used this illustration too. You hear one guy talk about how he's up at middle night. He's praying at midnight. 
Boy, that prayer time will go till two in the morning. Next guy shows up, pray, preaches on prayer the next day, and he's telling how he gets up at four in the morning. And he starts his prayer life and so forth. Boy, you're a college student. You're getting moved by these messages. And when you start adding up, and I'm going to do that guy, I'm going to do what the brother so-and-so did yesterday. Boy, I'm going to do what brother so-and-so said today. And then you realize, wait a second, that means I'm going to sleep two hours. <laughs> you see, the guy who got up, stayed up till midnight gets up a little later than the guy who got up at four o'clock. And the guy who got up at four o'clock, he went to bed a little bit earlier than the guy who was up at midnight. They didn't tell you that they still got six hours of sleep somewhere in there. Okay, you just heard about that awesome prayer life and you want that kind of prayer life. Well, we all do, but the fact is that you gotta be realistic. You probably won't survive on two hours very long. So what do you do? Well, make it real. You do need to pray. By the way, I, I've got obviously several verses. Uh, Ephesians 6.18, write down the references if you're taking notes, pray, praying always. By the way, prayer ought to be in the morning, but it can be all day long, can it? Isn't that what praying always sort of refers to? Always being in the spirit of prayer, being able to pray all throughout the, all throughout the day, not doing anything that would hinder me from praying right then. Some of you come up and you ask for a prayer request. You know what the best time to probably for me to pray with you about that is right then, if we can. You know why? Because prayer, by the way, prayer does work. I, I've got it down here. Uh, James uh, 5, 16, second part of that verse, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. I believe that. So I believe we ought to pray. But the fact is, you don't, you don't necessarily have the luxury of play, praying for hours upon a time in the morning. But you ought to pray some. Pray always. Pray throughout the day. By the way, Philippians uh, 4, 6 does say, be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer. Everything ought to be a matter of prayer. That's why we have to pray throughout the day. Because the situations that happened in the middle of the day weren't the things that I knew that was going to happen in the morning. And I'm praying for wisdom. I'm praying for guidance. I'm praying for wisdom, love, and power, God's motivators. I'm praying for that. But then I have to pray in the middle of the day, Lord, help me have that wisdom right now in this decision. Lord, give me the compassion enough to share the gospel with that person over there when I don't feel like I want to. But I think I saw some girls walking into Walmart last night. I think they saw me. I waved at them. And I don't know if they thought I was, you know, what they were, but they were walking in that neighborhood Walmart there. And, uh, and it was soon thereafter, one of the young ladies pulled out a track from her purse and handed to the gal beside her. And I know she did it because she saw Brother Young. No, no, I'm just kidding. You know, I think she did it because she's got a heart for people. I, and I don't think that the lady handed it back to you. It was Olivia. Did she hand that back to you? Yeah, she didn't look like she took it. That's not her fault. She tried. Praise the Lord for that. Now, wait a second. That's the kind of attitude we need to have. We're going to, I need to pray. There's sometimes I look at somebody and I don't want to give them a track. But you know, I need prayer all throughout the day. Lord, give me the compassion. Give me the love for that to hand that person out. Now, wait a second. We need to start that in the morning. If you're going to have a good, successful day, I need to get up. I need to get up so that I can have some read-up time and some pray-up time. Make it realistic. Don't try to emulate the fellow who's been in the ministry for 60 years and his, his, I mean, he's spending hours in prayer now. You just start your prayer life and keep it consistent and you'll have success. Then, number four, clean up. I'm just talking about how you get through life successfully here at college. In the busy stretch here, it's going to get a routine now. It's going to get to some of you a little mundane, but clean up. Now, 
You say, what kind of verses you can pull all that? Well, obviously, the first one that came to mind was the spiritual cleanup, which is what read up and pray up will do for you. James 4, 8, draw nigh to God. He'll dry an eye to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners. Purify your hearts, ye double-minded. When we pray up and when we read up, number four will come up to the point in time, you know, Lord, I need your help. Forgive me, Lord. By the way, if we're, we're, we're harboring sin, and preacher had a great message on this. Part of it last night, we're harboring sin. We'll not be successful. So we have to get rid of it. We need to clean up spiritually. But could I add this as a practical application? We also need to clean up. Folks, we're big boys and girls now. And, and I, I, don't, I don't need amens and comments here. I just need you to realize, you know what? We got to clean up. We, we have to be socially acceptable to people around us. And it's time to get in the good habit of cleaning up. Someday you are going to be the pastor so-and-so at a church. But if people can't get around you because you're not cleaning up, you're not going to have an effective ministry. So let's give the time to clean up. Now, I think in cleaning up doesn't mean you have to spend hours there. Okay? Everyone's different. You say, how much time? Everyone's different. So whatever it takes for you to be socially acceptable. All right? And, and look nice and, and so forth. I mean, we don't want to look like we just rushed out of bed, right? So cleaning up includes ironing a shirt, okay? Not looking like you slept in that outfit all night long, okay? Having your hair combed, fellas, teeth brushed. I mean, all those different things that we need to do. It's practical. But I tell you what, when you're ready for the day that way, you can, the professional world will tell you, you know what, get yourself physically ready. They will. Why? Because you just feel about better about it than when you're just throwing it together at the last second. But you're going to have to get up and, more important, to get myself cleaned up spiritually, so I better read up, pray up. Number four was clean up. Physical cleanliness, by the, cleanliness, by the way, is a big time part of Old Testament worship. They had to be clean physically. And it, it's important that we do. Then, number five. Now, this order here might be a little different in here, but I'm going to throw it in right now because this would help some of you in the morning study up. Study up. You know the verse I'm going to here, 2 Timothy 2.15. Show thyself proved unto God, workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. I like what Doc says. Study a little bit. Study some. Study what's appropriate for you. Everyone's different. Everyone's different. I can't tell you. Now, I might be able to talk to you individually and help you individually if you're having trouble in this area. But, but collectively, we do need to study some. Okay? Just be ready for that quiz or test. Now, you have to know it's already coming. Okay? Don't be the one that studies up three minutes just because you found out when you walked in the room. Oh, we got a test today? Uh, U.S. history class? Oh, we got a test today? <laughs> That's next hour, by the way. Um, uh, oh, really? Okay. No, no. Study up is not in chapel. All right? The fact is that we have to study up. We have to be a little prepared. Look, if you'll do these next ones, it will really help you with the study up. Okay, and I'm going to go through them quickly. Number six, show up. Show up. Show up to class. Now, it's already begun, as it usually has at this time of semester. I'm not talking about if you were on the 24 and you missed class. I'm not even talking about if you went home for a special event at your home church for the weekend. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about you that have missed class already because you cut it. Because in that moment, you wanted to spend a little extra time with your girlfriend, or in that moment, you got a little hungry, so you want to run down McDonald's, or in that moment, whatever the reason was, you've already missed class, you're setting yourself up for failure. Right. Save your cuts, 
Don't even use your cuts and get the glass. Show up. The successful students who are consistently so show up to class, whether they like the class or not. As a matter of fact, the more I dislike a class, the more I'm going to show up because I dead sure don't want to repeat it. And by the way, we all had those classes. We all did. English was one of mine. Now, I, didn't have, I, I did well. I, I got good grades in English, but it just wasn't my favorite subject. So there was no way I was going to just overcut that one accidentally. I wasn't even going to cut it. I was going to show up. Now, the fact is, if you will show up, you will do yourself a favor. Write the references down. Don't even have time to read them. Proverbs 28, 20, Luke 16, 10 through 11. 1 Corinthians 4, 2, I'll read that one. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. I, I should read the Luke 16. L listen to this. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. Wow, faithfulness is contrasted with being unjust. Interesting. If therefore ye have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? Can I put it this way to you? Can I just apply it to you? Why would God give you a church, fellows, if you can't get to class? Well, class isn't that important, huh? He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. I'm, like, I, I, I'm a little worried about your church someday if you can't show up to class today. You know why? Because if you can't learn to be faithful in that which is least, why would you? Well, it's more important then. Oh, wait a second. It all becomes relative. You know what's important today? You going to class. And I could list probably 30 of you right now off the top of my head who are consistently misclass. And I know you can justify it in your own mind, but are you faithful in that which is least? You better start getting the class. Show up. And by the way, while you're there, number seven, listen up. James 1.19, Hebrews 2.1. I'll read one of them, 1.19. Wherefore, my brother, beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. The corollary of listen up is shut up. I know so I just said a bad word for some of you growing up in your ha household, but 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 what you say, well, what do you mean shut up? I don't talk out in class. Here's what you need to do. Tell your mind to shut up. While you're in class, focus on what's being said. Listen to what's being said. Many of you hear a droning in the background, like Charlie Brown's teacher. And just as much as we could understand Charlie's Brown teacher, that's what you got out of class. What'd you get out of your nose? Well, I don't know. Wah, 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 wah. You need to listen while you're there. By the way, if you'll sit in every class and listen to every class, it sure will help you when you study. It works together. I'm trying to give you just practical advice on how to successfully make it through college here. I have to end with this thought. Those seven things, if you'll do them daily, get up, read up, pray up. Be realistic in those two. You don't have hours to spend, so make the time that you have quality time there. Clean up, study up, show up and listen up, and tell your mind to shut up. Don't get distracted. Don't get, don't get thinking about other things. Then you know what? All through that, if you'll just do this last one. Now, this is the seven up sermon, so this one's just free. Look up. At every time, as Hebrews 12, 2 says, looking unto Jesus. You can make it in college, by the way. 
I don't care what your ac acumen is. I don't care what your background was academically. You can make it. If God brought you here. You can make it. And he wants you to. And he wants you to get all that you can out of it. So why are you going to do it? Well, why don't you take these seven simple advice and start living it day after day. And while you do so, look up to him and say, Lord, I need your help. I recognize I need your help. But when we look to him, he is the author and finisher. That means he's the beginning and the end. He will help you not just start college. He will help you finish college if you'll just look to him. We won't have an invitation for sake of time, but I do want you to have this outline. And, and I would like to highly recommend to many of you, let's put it into play even this week. 